Hey everyone, welcome back to Strong Reception with me, Eli James, as I continue to interview candidates running for a very important office here in the New York City primaries. Uh, I just want to mention that if you are liking Strong Reception, which is a growing podcast in its first flush of adolescence, I ask that you help mentor this teen podcast into adulthood. Uh, You know, take it under your wing, show an interest in its band, involve it in an after-school program, help it become a young adult with direction. It's easy to do. Just subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, Leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Best of all, tell a friend. Tell a family member. Because this young podcast is at that age and needs a strong hand to guide it. So help me get to the point where I can take this young podcast out for pizza. Okay? They deserve it. Subscribe and spread the word. All that being said, on to my interview with Mizbah Abdeen, candidate for city council in New York's 37th district in Brooklyn. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Strong Reception with me, Eli James, as I continue to talk with candidates who are running for a very important seat in a very underserved section of New York City, the 37th Council District. This is an area of Brooklyn, encompassing parts of the neighborhoods of Bushwick, East New York, Brownsville and Cypress Hills. Uh, Full disclosure, I live in this district, so this primary race holds a special significance for me. Uh, In a city where Democrats outnumber Republicans by about six to one, our officials are often picked in our primary races. So the primary for this city council seat is on June 22nd, with the early voting period running uh, June 12th through June 20th. P.S. It's also the same time that New Yorkers will be voting in the primaries for mayor, public advocate, controller, and borough presidents. My guest today is Mizba Abdin, who ran last year in the city council race for the 37th district and was removed from the ballot along with several other candidates based on petition challenges from the party-backed candidate in that race. Plus, he was the victim of some questionable decisions made by the Board of Elections and by the state Supreme Court around uh, who qualifies to be on the ballot. Uh, this was all taking place in the middle of New York City's tragic first wave of COVID-19 in the spring of 2020. This left the party-picked candidate, Dharma Diaz, running unopposed in the 2020 primary. Uh, Mizba Abdin is running again this year to fill that city council seat, hoping to replace the now incumbent Dharma Diaz at the end of this year. Uh, Mizba Abdin is the founder of Bangladeshi American Community Development and Youth Services, a nonprofit organization located in the East New York section of Brooklyn, whose stated mission is to improve the lives of low-income immigrant communities in New York through the use of community empowerment, capacity building, civic engagement, and advocacy. They have built community gardens out of abandoned city lots. Um, They sponsor free ESL classes in the area and promote youth leadership and after-school programs. Uh, Mizba Abdin also founded an annual multicultural festival that takes place at uh, Pitkin and Grant Avenues in Brooklyn. He is presently the CEO of Deshi Senior Center in Ozone Park, Queens. So, Mizba Abdin, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's my honor and privilege uh, to be here, and thank you so much uh, for allowing me to have this uh, event today. 
Great. It's, it's my pleasure. Um, so uh, I want to ask you, in your bio, you refer to yourself as a, a quote, generous social entrepreneur. Uh, could you define what that means for you and for our listeners? Uh, it's, it's a simple, I actually, first my teenager life, um, I actually worked family-owned business, a supermarket, key food. And as I just want to give you an example. The, if, when you go to a supermarket, when you buy Apple, of course, you're going to look, check all the Apple, and you're going to find the best Apple, and you're going to pay for it. There's mm-hmm. an Apple in the store where you find little little uh, scratch on the Apple. You're not going to buy scratch Apple with your money. So most of the supermarket, you know what they do? They throw those Apple out in the garbage. They would not give it to the people who needs it because if they give it out free, they're not going to have any more business. So mm. that's in all my supermarket. And, you know, there's a lot of meat when it gets brown, they throw in the garbage. I help save those apples, meat, anything, and have a very few date. And I will always distribute to the community who needs it to support, uh, even though I'm sacrificing business for the family. That's always people say this, so I just add it up on my bio. And I'm a person, and I'm actually, um, I, I learned this from my father. My father, who came to United States, late 30s, early 40s. But uh, I, my mom didn't want to come to America. So I, I, I born in Bangladesh, but I came in 1982. But I was a mm-hmm. still teenager. I seen lots of people who immigrate to United States, uh, of course, for only one mission, which is land of opportunity. Um, and a lot of time, my father brings strangers to home and he put us on sofa or carpet and he always give our bedroom to sleep until those immigrants find a job. And when they can able to sustain, they moved on. So it's actually after my father died and actually I keep the legacy. I opened a nonprofit organization. You named it earlier back. This is to, is a safe haven for all the immigrant. Uh, nowadays, you know, we don't have a housing where we can give them rent. But what we do, we help them with the ESL class. We help them with the workforce. We help them build a resume. We help them find a job. Every year, I would say we provide at least 500 to 1,000 people a job, not only in the in our district throughout five bars. I would say not five bars, four bars. Staten Island is a little off, but people, our organization is quite famous, and we've been doing so much work. And it's mm-hmm. not only in Pacific but our organization is a hub organization. Any person who have any kind of problem, they come to us. If we cannot help them, we do browse, we do have an internet, we do have a resource. We do the research and find the place where they can go and get help. So every person who comes in doesn't go empty-handed. We always help them. That's our mission. And so when you are, you know, you you are very active in in the community in in this district and now you're campaigning to be the next city council member. When you talk to voters in our area, who do you hear from the most and what are the issues that they raise most often? One thing, one thing I just want to, as you already said, our district is one of the most underserved community in, in New York City. Uh, and reason people are underserved and people who live here, because high, one, first high in crime, uh, low in job uh, work, you know, most people do not have job, and most people who live here are majority, I would say, unprofessional skill because the reason they live here, um, because the rent, because it's not safe, that's why rent is low. 
but it's mm-hmm. not anymore. Rent is low. People who can afford, people who works on McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, and Arja who cannot afford to live in better neighborhoods. So people who can afford this, those are most demographic people are lives in our district. So mm-hmm. first concern, one thing which I experienced, quality of life. But before quality of life, I think our school is so important. And I see that a lot of kids, and especially immigrant uh Children, I see a lot of parents, uh, they skip a meal for their children to get tutors to, so they can do better in school in order for to have their children have a better future. So one thing in our district, majority of schools are failing. And I know I can point out at least 100 families, they've been using Queen's address just to get into Queen's school. And what's the reason? Our kid is smart as any kid in the city, but still our schools are failing because not enough resource and not been overseen. And, and, and that's the serious concern in our district. So I think education is the first priority because the best way to uplift your district is to educate, get the young leadership in the district to move forward. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to focus for a second on what happened in this race last year, because I still think it's relevant to this year. It was a confusing situation, but at the end of the day, what happened was uh, you and three other candidates who were running in this race against the heavily favored party-backed candidate, Dharma Diaz, this was all in the midst of that first scary wave of covid The governor issued an executive order in uh, March of 2020 saying that you only had to get 30% of the usual number of signatures. The usual number of signatures is 450, so you all thought you only had to get 135 signatures to qualify to get on the ballot. Uh, However, when your petition ballots were challenged, the Board of Election decided, no, you had to get a full 450 uh, number of signatures. They didn't even uh, say that the 30% reduction applied to this race. Uh, Meanwhile, meanwhile, you and your campaign and others' campaigns appealed to get back on the ballot. Uh, You were challenged again by the Board of Elections and by the Dharma Diaz campaign. And then uh, uh, a panel of appellate court judges said, the 30% should actually be 270 because it's 30% of 900, which was what was... So uh, one thing yeah, I, just, I just want to add, and this is the major problem in our district. Uh, if you, I don't know if you've been to District 37. We have a I live in the of, district. Oh, I live district. here. So I just want you to know our crime is so high. Our district, uh, our streets are mess. Our parks are unbelievable with the sanitation problem. Mm-hmm. And our district for the last two decades has been is a nepotism father, then son, then chief of staff, and now another ch- staff coming in. They is, 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 is the one family controlling the whole district. That's why uh, they they have too much power. That's why they're not doing it. It's, it's becoming like Middle East, it's like kingdom. Uh, and, and everybody afraid to speak. And I don't afraid to speak because there's so many people, so many visionaries in our district can lead this uh, district far behind where it is right now, especially right now, the gentrification, I mean, rezoning, uh, developer coming, look at Atlantic Avenue a few years ago, it could not even walk after 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, if yeah. you walk in Atlantic Avenue, you, you, you can say you're walking in Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's, 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 it's so, and, and, and I want to be honest, um, my family is very well off, I'm, and, and we 
if we want, we can move any part of New York and have a better life. But you know what? My father came here. We settled here. We have a business. We have a community center. We have a faith organization. We're here to stay, and we're going to stay here. I'm live, I grew up here, and I'm planning to die in my district because when I die, I want to go everybody to go to my wake because I'm from the district who care and love me. I'm not here to live from my district. We're concerned about district. I, as I earlier said, I'm, I live. I came to United States 39 years ago. I live all my life in the district, and I'm still here, and I'm still advocating. I would do any means possible to make sure our district get right share uh, and get uh, right development. Anything comes, we should be the part of it. We do get right. part of share. Okay. So a moment ago when you said it's like a, a family that keeps running the show, the family just passes on from brothers and sisters and fathers and sons. So are you referring to the, the Democratic Party uh, leadership? Uh, no, uh, Democratic Party plus the county, county supported. Like Eric Martin Dillon was the first council member. Then he moved up. His son, Eric Dillon, came as a council member. Then he moved right. up. The chief of staff, Rafael uh, um, Espinal, came up. Dharma Diaz is a, is a part of Unnashkar. And even last right. election. The Brooklyn Democratic Party. Yes, Democratic the, Party. And, they and are the, picking the these people to run. Yes. And even you're not going to believe it, all the seven candidates who submit a petition this year has been objected by one specific person as they objected last election. Dharma Diaz. Yes. Objected yeah. every candidate, every candidate. Uh, they, don't want they don't want our district to serve Democrat, democracy. Hmm. They don't want anybody. So they don't, I, they're not allowing anybody to go have a right to go out vote for their candidate. They're trying to kick hmm. everybody out. So what is to prevent what happened last year, which again happened at the start of the coronavirus emergency in this city, which was so frightening and so confusing, and it's obviously still going on. But what is to prevent what happened last year from happening again in this race? Yeah. So that's why I I can only speak for myself because uh, actually I never wasn't a politician, but I got into politics because of so many things happening and it need to be, because I've been advocated, I have established so many uh, things as a community space, Pedestrian Plaza. Uh, I advocate for a park. Finally, after seven years, where they got funding and they rebuilt the park, and and everybody in the community said, "Miss Ba, it's your time to uh, run for election. We will support you." And I can get many signatures. Even the last election, they <laughs> they kicked me out because of signature, because of COVID nineteen. I was protecting the people in the community not to get infected. That's why I did not go out and vote. And this year, you're not going to, because I know they're going to play the same game. This year, you know, I got 23. I don't think any other city council candidate got almost 2,300 signature. Mm-hmm. This year, I got almost 2,200 some change signature. So they cannot kick us. They go through everything to trying to push everybody out of ballot so that they can win without any election because they no, they know they're not going to make it. And that is only that because they know they want to control it. And especially my whole frustration is the county. I don't even the county. And even I want to say most of the electorate, even our senator, Salazar, she's a, um, mm-hmm. she's a senator of our district. She came to our so district. Julia Salazar. Julia Salazar. She never came this part of district. She's been almost four, four years. And I'm as a community activist. I can, I know at least... 30 to 40,000 people in this part of the district. This corner, I never seen her face. I don't even know how she looked like in real life. I seen her picture. Mm-hmm. 
picture. She endorsed one of the good candidates, uh, but also even Nidia Velasca. I've been working with her for the last 20 years. They only control who's supporting. Is 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 just political platform they creating and they supporting and endorsing to just to control power. And I and I'm gonna say open out loud and clear. I think we need we need a people person who care about the community, who care about the district, who care about the development of the district, need to be get elected, not the political form like there is a group uh county run it and there's another one uh uh state run it because you can see Dharma is endorsed by the county and all those yeah. other things. And you can see Sandy Nars endorsed by uh, Nidia Velasca, Sandy Nars. Sandy Nars is a nice person. I met her. She's a good friend. But she's in a district only maybe three years, four, five years max. What she have served to our community. I can say I served community board at least over 10 years. I served DOT, I served CEP, I served prison council, I was part of YMC. I served and I know what's going on in and out in the district, what needs to be done. I'm not complaining or I'm assuring any candidate. Everybody's a good person. You see, the professional thing, doctor only can be done treatment to the hospital. Mechanic can be do fix the car or do work on the industry, you know, and the advocator community activities, they, they, you know, you have to put right professional person in right place. That's my right. so. Question. Sorry to interrupt, but so so you mentioned uh, Nidia Velasquez, who is our congressional representative for this district in Washington, um, endorsing Sandy Nurse. She certainly has gotten a lot of endorsements. But I want to want to bring back to just what do you think is the thing that or things that need to change so that the power is taken away from the county and the party, you know, the the party insiders. The best way, uh, I, I think, and in, in, in my opinion, we need to reach out to every voter in district and send the message what's going on. Why our district's uh, quality of life is so bad. Why is no, uh, no develop in our district, unlike other districts, because our our funding that comes to our district has been given to other district. Our federal funding coming is, is also giving. What's going on is when the election come, they come and show fear and the whole thing. I never seen any of our elected officials come to the community. Hey, what do you need for your community? Let's have a meeting. We have to invite, when we have a community event, we have to invite them come here as a guest, guest speaker and they make nice speech and walk away. That's not job. They are public mm-hmm. servant getting paid. Is their response? I think is my response. Their response because they're getting paid for our taxpayer money. They supposed to come out and see what's going. On. That's job. I think this is their responsibility and their, their job task to come out to every district, find out what needs to be done in their uh, their political forum, and sh- they should take care of it. They should not wait for two people to call and this problem, that problem. So what are you doing here? Just uh, a, playing a role model? I'm a congresswoman or I'm a, a council person or I'm a senator. You know, they they need to be more proactive and come to the district and see what needs to be done because that's what are you getting paid for. Right. Uh, so, so we've got some changes coming to how we vote. We've got one big change coming to how we vote uh, this year. For the first time in New York City, we ha- we will have ranked choice voting rolling out citywide in this June primary. Uh, that means, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that you will get to pick your top five candidates in certain primary races, including your city council member. And the same goes for mayor, public advocate, con- city controller, and borough president. 
the purpose of it is to prevent someone from winning who doesn't get a majority of the votes. Uh, so often in New York City, we have uh, primaries with a lot of candidates. Sometimes a candidate will win getting 30% of the vote, maybe 40% of the vote. Sometimes they don't get to 50%. And in special elections, sometimes it's even less. Sometimes it's 8%, 10% of the vote, and the person can win that office. And that puts them in a very good position to win the next primary. So now we've got ranked choice voting, which allows uh, for an instant runoff. If no candidate on the ballot gets to 50% plus one, then there's an instant tabulation where people's second choices come into play. Your second pick in descending order gets uh, re-tallied in. The bottom candidate uh, who got the least amount of votes is taken out of the race. And this is repeated until one candidate gets 50% plus one vote to win. So um, how do you feel about this as a, as a change for New York City? And do you think the city is doing enough to educate voters about it? Uh, I don't know, but yes, ranked choice voting is rollout has been handling well in my point of uh, my viewpoint. However, we must continue to educate the public and particularly as we get closer to June 22nd. There has been tremendous amount of information sharing to vote from uh, various organizations and the candidate themselves, and we must continue with this effort. I think I think is 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 been knows and one thing about because of the uh, the last presidential election, uh, and the uh, and 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 last election, the special election because of COVID nineteen, and people are homebound and they've been watching, reading, and uh, so far the many voters that I spoke, they have pretty much idea. I think and I, and I'm very supportive of ranked choice vote. I think. It, it will be a little difficult, but people learning. We have to start somewhere, and I think we started, and I think it's a great uh, movement uh, for the future. Mm-hmm. Are you talking to uh, voters about it in your district? Are yes. You, uh... Yes, and no, and, and I want to be honest because there's uh, eight candidates, and I even I, I've been telling even people who's uh, mad support on me, I, and I tell them, I dictate them, they ask who should I rank you, and I then tell them you have to see them and I tell them and I also tell them, yeah, this person have done this have this kind of quality. And I think I think you guys make sure you do rank choice, not only pick. If I don't come out, make sure there is the right person on the seat. So make sure you do have a second choice, third choice, and fourth choice, and fifth choice. So I think it's right. a very important because, uh, and, and I want to be very clear, of course I'm running and I think I can do the job, but also same times, uh, if you don't think I'm not the great, if you have a first choice, make sure right candidate, we want only right person to be our next city council, whoever it is, have to be the right person so we can move our districts for greater benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it, it can turn out that if uh, you, your second choice uh, candidate or your third choice could end up being the winner. Yes. Uh, if there's a yes, number definitely, of def- Definitely. And I told them that, yes, make sure you do have a second, third, fourth choice because we want a better candidate. If you vote for me and you don't choose for second, if I don't make it, but we need somebody who can do the job makes it. So it's very important you guys do rank choice voting. Yeah. it's it's um, The hope is that it excites voters as well because voters like to rank things. People like to rank things and, and, and it gives us more choice. Yes. Um, so a couple more voting related things I just want to ask about before we wrap up. Um, 
we in New York, we we are also unique in that we are the only state to practice fusion voting. We have this fusion voting system where you can run on multiple party lines for a single office. Where if you're endorsed by more than one party, you can appear as, as a Democrat and a, or as a Working Families Party at the same time. Uh, some people appear three times. Some people appear four times. <sighs> I have some issues with this because I think it's confusing personally. No, and uh, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Okay. I think it's, it's totally not fair. The reason all those parties are controlled by a few group of people and their endorsement is a, is a, is a transaction of business transition. We endorse you yeah. even in is a business transition. I think it's totally not. That's not a democracy. That's totally not a democracy because a lot of union uh, business, corporate, they endorse and they for their personal gain, personal benefit. And I think it's not fair. And that's not a democracy. And I am totally against that. You, you, if you're the, running for a democratic party, why you want to run for worker family? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same mission, two different missions. That's, that's a, um, uh, what do you, uh, double sided. <laughs> Right. They're making these deals to say, like, well, I'll endorse you if you do X, Y, Z for course. me. It's all about yeah. it. Even, even and, and, and earlier I said it, and I don't afraid to say it. Even our senator, before she became a senator, how long she's been? She lived all her life in Florida. She got come and <laughs> came here, supported by Super PAC, got money incorporated, and a senator. My frustration, I, I really advocated for... We're talking about state senator, just yes, to be clear. Senator, yeah. Albany. Yeah, yes, yeah. state senator. I served this committee pretty much even every weekend. We've been uh, serving over 25 family with uh, food pantry, uh, receiving from this corporation, this uh, organization, and we pick it up and give it away. So many people came. I haven't seen her one day. And I haven't seen, as an advocate and a community board member, most of nonprofit organizations, I haven't seen her face, how in real life, how she look like. <laughs> and and she, yeah, I bet, I bet uh, you she don't even know her all the borderline. I bet, I can bet on that if she know all her borderline. Okay, well, I mean, that you've, you've certainly given Julia Salazar a lot to think about from this conversation. Uh, but I wanted to just last on, on fusion voting. Uh, so... New York's the New York power structure seems to be very reluctant to get rid of this, um, and people who support fusion voting would say, "Well, it gives uh, smaller parties a chance to grow in the city uh, because uh, otherwise it would just be Democrats and Republicans, and that's it. And then you wouldn't see the Working Families Party, you wouldn't see the Reform Party, you wouldn't see the Conservative Party. That that would be their argument, right?" So what do you what do you say to that? Do, do, my argument would be, hey, let's give those other parties more of a of a way to grow themselves without glomming on to other parties. So uh, let so them first run of their all, own it's candidates. Not, it, it can, how are you going to say party if you merge with another party? That's not a party. If you if you have a mission, then uh, like if you're a worker party, if you have a mission different from the Democratic Party, why you want to merge with it? That doesn't make sense at all to me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, because you are working process because you disagree with Republican, you disagree with the Democratic uh, policy and procedure. That's why you're a worker family party. So if you merge it, so you moving and endorsing for your favor when you need it and when you don't need it, you just don't. It doesn't make sense. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, no, I, I understand. Yeah, Absolutely. It, and we when it comes to electing our judges, which we do in, in New York, we elect our uh, a lot of our state judges. Um 
they you will see, and we did see in the last judicial election, candidates run as Democrat and Republican. Yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah a... I've seen it. Yeah, and it doesn't make it doesn't make totally doesn't sense. And that's why, and and that's why our system is so uh, so. Uh, Mess. I don't want to say corrupted, but is 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 that somewhere need to be rectified? I think there should be a policy and policy made that yes, if you follow, because you know that's mean like uh, yes, I'm I'm promising to democratic. I will abide by the. I'm, I'm taking the oath for democratic party that I will follow the all the policy procedure for democratically. And same times, I'm also swearing to worker family party that I'm abide all the policy policy. So which one you really oughting on? Which one are you swearing on? So it, 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 it cannot swear two different bylaws and policy and run the election. You understand what I'm trying to explain? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I the only the only piece of it that I would like to figure out is uh, I think there should be other parties, perhaps you know, but they can run their own candidates. I know definitely. Uh, I think all the parties should should have their own candidate. They should uh, run it differently because they should have they have their own policy, they have their own constitution, and they they should before they run they should be very loyal. They should be swearing to their party before they should run it. I don't think they swear into one party and then run for, include another party. Into, I think I'm, I'm, I'm totally not in favor of that. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of course, we want to be careful of swearing too much loyalty to any one party. But uh, yeah, I, I understand what you, what you mean. Um, so great. And you mentioned, uh, just quickly, you mentioned uh, super PACs earlier. Um, so we still we still do have super PACs in New York. We 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 finally got some restrictions on LLCs where you can't just form an LLC and give as much as you want. That that was reined in in 2019. But super PACs, which are independent from campaigns, they don't donate to campaigns. They just spend on ads that support candidates. Um, so they are allowed to spend unlimited amount of money. Right, and they've been doing it in this city council race, as we saw in in Queens already, and the Bronx, and they're probably doing it in Brooklyn too. I don't know if there are any super PACs involved in this district's city council race, but but uh, what what are your thoughts on the effects of these independent expenditures on our city council races? First thing I was object again. I think this is totally against constitutional in my point of view, because. They supporting. There's a limit to expenditure for candidate to be elected, and now super PAC coming in. Of course, there's a big investor investing on this super PAC to win somebody, so they can use this person for their own advantage. That's all about it. It's black and white clear. It's clear because mm-hmm. there's a lot of policy procedure. There's a lot of contract. A lot of opportunity comes in the city council, state senate, and federal place. And this is what's going on. And everybody knows, but nobody speak up. But I don't afraid to say it. is is all about business, and I think it's totally unconstitutional. So who's the super packer? Not from the district. Is the corporate people coming from randomly contributing to super pack, and they coming and promoting this person? What's the goal and what's the mission? Of course, there's a mission behind that. They especially they if they can. Of course, if it's within a district, it was understanding. Okay, there's a group of people. Uh, who's a corporate businessman concerned about their district wants to get a uh, right person to right people. It's not those people. It's random. It's totally out of the district, out of the place, super PAC funding. They specifically target on the district, specifically target on the position and the seat. And they uh, super PAC spend money, do the marketing, 
marketing, which is promoting same thing uh, I'm running and I'm, I'm on, on a matching fund and we have a limited 190,000 we can spend, but Super PAC can come in and spend another uh, $2 million on my uh, marketing, social media to just to get a recognition, my household name to everybody to make me win. Who's those people? Of course, definitely not from the district. Is is there's a, of course definitely mission behind it, which doesn't make me as a human nature common sense doesn't make sense to me. Right. Well, some would, some have argued on the left. There is a uh, progressive super PAC that was formed earlier this year called Our City. They are running ads in support of progressive candidates. Again, there's no coordination between supposedly between the super PAC and the candidates themselves. These are all independent expenditures, but. Um, they have argued in the press that, hey, there are all of these very conservative super PACs that have already formed with lots of money started by Trump supporters. So we need to do the same on the progressive side. Yeah, but uh, the same as thing, a way same, to counteract same, that. Same thing, same thing and my side is, 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 is turning into, uh, my point of view is coming into, not, I would not say dictatorship, but is a group of people wants to control the position, is controlling. And that's not democracy. Controlling is not democracy. Controlling should be allowed to public and everybody have to spend same fear, whatever they could, but not out of the box. Somebody spend another million dollars to highlight. That's, of course, is a promoting. This is a promoting. Right. And I think that should be accountable. And it doesn't, it's not fair. That's mean all the millionaire will, in the future, the way they're doing, that's mean all the millionaire people will control the entire city, not us. The people are middle class and low income people who cannot afford. I want to thank you for for being on strong reception today. I really appreciate your time and the thought you put into your answers. Uh, I want to make sure people know where they can find more information about you. Uh, your website is misbahabdeen.com. And your Twitter handle, is it misbahabdeenNYC? Yes. And once they go to okay. website, I have all the link they can follow from website. Okay, great. Great. Okay. Well, I hope candidates uh, find out more about you uh, and, and get to know you and the other candidates. And uh, Mizba Abdeen, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, I just thank you, Eli. And I know I'm a very stretch shooter, so I speak for myself and I structure. So any which way, if I use any language, I just want to apologize to you and the audience. And thank you so much. No, uh, no, no apologies needed. That's That's what we're here for. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Mizba Abdeen. I really appreciate his time and for, for sitting down with me to talk about these issues, especially around voting. Uh, the election is on June 22nd. Early voting runs June 12th through June 20th in this Democratic primary for city council. Remember, we're also going to be voting for mayor, public advocate, uh, city controller, all five borough presidents, and probably a few other things uh, too. Uh, so if you are enjoying Strong Reception, I'd love it if you told a friend and I'd love it if you uh, followed me on Twitter at StrongPod. Leave a comment. Let me know how I'm doing. And yeah, that's it. Stay tuned. I've got lots more great episodes coming up that I can't wait to share with you. Take care. Be safe.